We've got new Silent Hills news. PS Plus Super Mega Ultra Premium Collection games have been revealed, and Starfield has been delayed, and so much more on today's episode of the Dual Screens Crossplay Podcast. Hello and welcome. My name is Taylor Allen, alongside Andy Asimakis. Andy, how are you? I love that you're making this show your own. There's like a little recap of what we're going to talk about in the beginning. Yeah, this I is like, like brand new things. Yeah, I feel like I have to like kind of shake things up i don't want to like totally change the show or anything no 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 you know i I love it i'm like shit now i know what's on the docket yeah because i'm not (laughs) because you famously don't look at the docket until we oh i do i'm just gonna listen like i used to make the doc for years so like not looking at it is not is is fine for me (laughs) i could use i could use less google (laughs) documents in my life (laughs) i know especially like my work is entirely cloud-based and so it's all google docs google sheets stuff like that and so mm. like adding more into it it's just like oh my god right i'm so over it but yes this is the crossplay podcast i'm very excited to be here well we've got a great show for you guys today um a lot of really cool games coming out soon a lot of big news uh this is going to be a pretty full show so we'll get rolling but first We have to thank everyone for listening, um, especially those of you who go and support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash NDS podcasts, and especially our Patreon producers, Colton the Apprentice Nestler and FNH Paul. Couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you guys so, so much. If you guys want to support us over there, you can head over uh, to the Patreon. Uh, For just a dollar, you can join the Discord. Discord's awesome. We have a lot of great chats all day long. Um, You can see what all of the idiots are doing and what games we're playing and see news (laughs) as it's breaking instead of just catching it on the weekly show the best sales pitch see what all the idiots are doing exactly for for, for the cost of one dollar yeah it's funny because that's actually what our discord discord role name is is the idiots and so it's the idiots yeah it's Mm -hmm. fitting all right we are going to jump into the adventures in gaming and we've got some good ones this week, Andy. Um, I was on this uh, like indie roguelike kick that kind of continues into this week a little bit. There are a couple of good ones that I've been playing. But first, I want to know what you've been doing this week. So I just started playing my copy of KO the Kangaroo. Okay. Which is out in uh, two weeks. And um, I think it's one of my favorite games of the year so far. No, really? Yeah. That's amazing. They did a really good job. Um, you know, I've I grew up on 3D platformers. You know, like when I, you know, when I was a, a Wii one mm-hmm. on the on the Nintendo days, um, I didn't have a lot of games. Yeah, there were like, like ten games maybe at most. But once we got older, my brother and I, we each got jobs and we had money. Mm-hmm. We got our first PlayStation, the PS One. It was like the for our first big purchase. Yeah in the in the gaming arena and we were all in on the crash bandicoot and gex and croc mm-hmm. you know spyro yeah, spyro tumba 2 because that was like mm-hmm. um was that a 2d yeah 2d whatever um but all those like classic bubsy all those classics <laughs> I, so I grew up on all those kind of games and of yeah. course that carried through to like mario 64 and odyssey and galaxy and all that other fun yeah stuff. So, I think Crash Four came out not too long ago. So having all that, all that legacy, and history behind me, playing KO, which is a 
reboot slash it's more of a sequel. It's, it's the fourth entry proper in the KO franchise, which began on Dreamcast twenty plus years ago. Yeah. Um, and this came back because fans did a whole like grassroots online Twitter thing. Really? And the developers were like, okay, the interest is here and we're going to do it. So I, they made it. I had no idea that that's how it started. Yeah, it was essentially in the beginning, they wanted, they had some goals. They wanted the old games, I think on Steam and GOG. Mm-hmm. And then I forget the third one was like, give us a brand new KO. That was the, 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 the big goal of the three. Yeah. And you know, they they first released the games, huge response, and then, you know, they're like, you know what, the, there's a there's a market for KL, like it exists, it's out there, and then now it's back, and it's it is so damn good. That's awesome. It's, it's so much fun. I can't talk too much about it, but it's great. It's fantastic. You're gonna love it. It's out in two weeks, and it's coming out on everything: PS4, PS5, all the last things. gen, new gen, Switch, PC, yeah. like wherever you want to play. Everything. That. Yeah, yeah. Steven's sister's ass. All of it. Yep. It's gonna come. It's gonna come out for everything. <laughs> cool. Well, you've been playing anything else this week? Yeah, one more thing. Mm-hmm. You know what it is that I'm playing also this week, and that's a roguelike game. They're just like everywhere. I feel there's a lot of like really there's like good ones. an epidemic. Yeah, and then, I mean, I mean, it's just and not to like deride it, but like I'm overwhelmed. Like they're just they're consuming mm-hmm. me like from the inside out. It's they're eating me alive. Yeah, roguelike games and this latest one. After I just got hooked on Revita like two weeks ago or a week ago, out comes a game called Shotgun King, which is a game. That's just chess, but you play as a, a lonely solo king piece with a shotgun against all the other chess pieces. Yeah. So I, I picked this up the other day, too, <laughs> after seeing you and Matt, like, kind of gush about it. And I'm sure you guys are going to go, like, way more in depth um, on yeah. Indies Nuts tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. But I picked it up. And Shotgun King is the perfect game for people who, like kind of no chess but are bad at chess because you only <laughs> right have to worry about one piece mm-hmm. like you you don't you're not moving all over the place for the most part you're moving one right. space at a time and you have a fucking shotgun and it's so <laughs> good like oh i i've i've beaten it a couple of times i'm up to the mm-hmm. hard difficulty and let me tell you going from two shells to one is horrible Oh man, it I don't want to know what that's tough. like. It is really hard, I man. I do not want to live in that world, like, but that's my future. Like going going from the normal to the hard difficulty is like brutal. <laughs> so Yeah, it's just such an ingenious game. So mm-hmm. almost a, a few things I want to add to that. So yes, you are a king piece, but when you kill um or shotgun in the face to death an enemy piece like you know, um, a bishop, or um, they're all, or they're all, a, all of them are now escaping me what they're called bishop or knight. Mm-hmm. You sort of gather their soul and you can move like them on the board, which is <laughs> the dopest shit. And then, of course, the there's builds, and that comes in the form of cards you get with stats and buffs, but they work both ways. So you get one 
plus your enemy gets one. Mm -hmm. And they all stack as you go through each level. And it's insane. It's insanely fun and insane. I think my favorite combo so far, um, they have one card that you can get that um, it's called the Blunderbuss. It gives you uh, a huge bump in like your shotgun's power, but the spread Mm -hmm. is super wide. Get that Uh, widespread. Yeah, but I, I got that. And then I also got the scope. Where you can right click oh, yeah. and it uh-huh. like really narrows your spread. And so right. I did those two. And then you can also get a moat that makes it so that pieces can't come all the way across the board. They like have to stop halfway <laughs> through. And so I basically just like stood on the back line. I would uh-huh. turn my scope on and then I would just clear out the pawns in front of the king in like one shot and then i would just snipe the king and then everything else would die and it, uh, it was awesome like i i literally just played on the back row nothing could get oh to my me God. uh i think i also got the one that makes it so the queen can only move one space or something and so Damn like queen yeah i it, it just makes it so that i could just snipe the king and it, it was a ton of fun or um, like throw throw the occasional grenade too, which you can do in this game. Oh, I, another, haven't, an- I haven't another mess around with the grenades. Oh, those much. are fun. Are they good? Those are fun. That's fun. That's like splash damage fun. Yeah. Like, I'll have so to good. check that out. Um, right, what else on your docket for this yeah, week? Yeah, a couple other things I've been playing. Um, I've been like in the mood for another like deck building roguelike, right? Like I play a ton of Slay the Spire. I talked about Downfall right. last week. Um and like I'm still playing Slay the Spire, but I was like, you know what? I'm I'm kind of wanting like something a little bit different. And there's a game that mm-hmm. I bought that came out probably like nine months ago now, uh, called Griftlands. Um mm. and it's you know, roguelike deck builder. Um the cool thing about it is in almost every it's like very cinematic. Um so in almost every situation, you can either like solve the issue by um like actually fighting the enemy and like killing them um or you know getting them to the point of surrendering which you can do both or you can try and negotiate with them and there's like a whole different interface and you have a different deck of cards that do different things and you're like trying to convince them to see your way and so they have like these like aggressive but non-lethal lethal and like non-aggressive um, ways to handle most situations like, using like charisma or charm to like talk way out of a situation yeah but like you're what? you're like and it's funny because like the the decks kind of have like two different ways you can go about it you can either be like intimidating and threatening and that's how you mm. win the argument or you mm. can be like really persuasive um, mm. and there's obviously like synergies with like the persuasive types of cards and with the like threatening types of cards it's really that's cool. really neat i like yeah, that yeah the, the story's really interesting too like the writing is is fantastic um and it's incredibly deep like tons and tons of systems i've like barely scratched the surface of it uh, but it's really good the the thing that makes it a little bit difficult is um like with slay the spire you know how much damage uh, you do with each card you know how much damage you're going to receive um, mm-hmm. like the card values are set with Grifflands, it's ranges so you'll do like three to six damage and you'll be receiving mm-hmm. like one to four damage so it makes it hard to know like exactly how much you have to block for how much damage you need to do like right. if you play a card like are you going to kill them or like get them to the point of surrender 
or are you going to play it? It's going to do minimum damage and then you're going to, you know, eat a bunch of damage instead of, mm-hmm. you know, like using a block card or something. So that's the only thing that's like a way bigger learning curve is like trying to figure that out. But overall, it's a really fun game. All right. Well, I got to check that out. Um, Salt and Sacrifice that came out this last week. Still playing that. Um, it's it's good. Um, it's it's different. It's not just like more 2D Dark Souls. They actually mm-hmm. added this like interesting mechanic to it where um, these like the mages that you hunt down and try and kill, they are all like based on an element. Um, and as you're like hunting them, you like track them across the level. And then once you do enough damage to them, they then go to their arena. Um, and that's where you have like the big fight. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That's a really badass. I like that. But while you're doing it, they're like spawning uh, minions and stuff. Um, and the minions and the boss drop parts like in Monster Hunter. So you oh, then, shit. yeah, you then are like, you can fight the minions a bunch before they get to their arena and just like farm the minions. And then you can uh-huh. craft their armor set that is typically resistant to the element that they deal damage. Mm. But um, it's it's really cool. It's like a, an interesting like little monster hunter-y twist to the like 2d oh, dark like souls-y aspect all right so that's um, how you make a proper sequel you just, you up the ante a little bit yeah it's it's really yeah. interesting i i like it a lot um and then the last thing i've been playing as of this morning uh is a game that just came out in early access oh my god you i'm i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna say it right now it is i i am notorious for hating survival games like mm-hmm. in every discussion it's just like survival games suck i hate minecraft i i think like no man's sky is so boring like i just do not have fun with survival games right but but the survival game genre might be like the genre that i've spent some of the most money of my life in uh like i try every single survival game that comes out because it's i think like you want to like one I, so badly i do i do like i <laughs> i genuinely am like interested in that gameplay loop and like in my mind i'm like yeah this should be awesome and then i get into it and it's just like uh i have to go find fucking stone and it's nine miles away and now i need coal and i have no idea where it is and now it's nighttime and i'm dead like right. It's just, like, really frustrating for me, and, like, the procedural generation and stuff kind of plays into that a little bit, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I, you know, whatever. I get over it. Uh, I try everything. I hate them all. Most recently, it was Valheim. I was like, you know what? Valheim looks like the game. You know, it's got kind of this Souls-like combat. Like, this should be the one that, like, scratches the itch. I've played 35 minutes of Valheim, and I don't (laughs) know if I'll ever go back. But... V Rising. This came up on my YouTube feed a bunch, and I I don't know like they they had like this pre early access event where a bunch of like YouTubers and stuff got to play it, and so right. I was like, okay, this sounds kind of cool. It's more of like an isometric ARPG camera angle, which already I love. They have really cool RPG progression, um, ARPG progression elements where you have like different abilities. Uh, each weapon that you have there are four different melee weapon types and i think one or two ranged weapon types um Mm -hmm. plus magic so for each weapon type as you upgrade them you unlock more moves that you can do they each have their own like unique animations and stuff like 
it's really really good the combat is awesome plus you unlock all of these different magical abilities and and stuff that you can combo with it so that's cool like the combat is interesting and intriguing and like that's really keeping me in but on top of that the like at least so far i've only played it for a day but that's significantly longer than i've played most other survival games correct so far the like resource gathering base building that aspect like refining all of that has actually been like pretty cool I've really enjoyed it. The premise of the game, sorry, I, I should mention, the premise of the game, you're a vampire. <laughs> you should have started with that premise, dude. That's like the best selling point yeah, of the game. Yeah, you're a fucking you're vampire. A fucking, you're a fucking it's vampire. Really cool. um, and you have to like build your castle. Um, you, you know, you do your little tutorial, you come out and everything's like beautiful and sunny and you're mm-hmm. walking through the woods. And then all of a sudden you start taking like 10 ticks of damage per second because you're standing in the sun and you don't realize. <laughs> and so like when you're out traversing during the day, you have That's to move neat. from shadow to oh, shadow. I love that. That's really cool. On top of that. Oh man. Like, it's smart. Yeah. I've been, I've been playing for a couple hours now. I just found a treasure chest that had like two silver pieces or something in it. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, Oh cool. You know, this is probably just used for like trading. It said, yeah instead like currency use uh when meeting with traders or something so it's like oh i haven't met any traders yet but that will probably be useful i put it in Uh my pocket i start taking small chip damage over time because it's silver and the more silver you have on you the more damage over time you take and so it's like this crazy yeah or or you get it back to your base and you put it in a chest right 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 and so like I, I was Holy just like shit. I was like they they thought about like all of these things that like go into being a vampire. And then, you know, at night like you are more powerful and you can move freely and stuff because mm-hmm. it's dark. Um the the one other thing that I think is really cool, um you instead of having like a hunger or thirst meter, you have a blood meter. You ha- have to like feed on creatures to like stay alive. It mm-hmm. doesn't deteriorate super fast, which I'm a fan of. Um you know, it kind of is just kind of there in the background, but the enemies that you feed off of, like the type mm. of enemy uh, will have like a blood rarity percentage. Um, mm. And based off of the type of enemy you feed on, you gain different passive perks. So, for example, if you kill a rogue that has like a decent blood rarity level, you gain uh-huh. increased crit chance and increased movement speed. Oh my God. If you See, kill a brawler, you gain increased knockback and like armor. Like it's super, super cool. This sounds like what Nazgoth should have been. Do you remember Nazgoth, Taylor? I have no idea what that is. So Nazgoth was a spinoff of Legacy of Cain, but mm-hmm. it was a multiplayer competitive yeah. title. It was teams of like humans versus vampires, and you could pick different vampire like, mm-hmm. um, you know, types. Yeah, ones with wings, ones that can scale oh, walls. I think I've seen this actually. Yeah, right. It crashed and burned. Uh-huh. Horrible, horrible failure. Like it was just, you know, just drag the name of Legacy of Cain the dirt. It's good name. Uh, it was the last game we really got in the franchise technically Mm -hmm. and it was just so generic and boring and this game sounds like what that game should have been it's it's really good 
It's like really, oh really All good. Right. You've sold it. You've sold it. Twenty bucks, right? And it's only twenty access? bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks early it. access. It's out on Steam right, right now. Yes, PVE, so. PvP, all that good shit. Yeah, yeah you can it. do both. So they they've got a bunch all of different right. servers. They have PVE only servers and like different levels of competitiveness for PvP. Mm-hmm. So they have like casual pvp where like they can only take resources yeah. off you if you die um, yeah. they have like s- hardcore pvp where they can take your gear and stuff too if they kill you uh they also have like duo only um pvp where you have to like specify a teammate and everyone mm-hmm. else is hostile and it's only two of you so it's yeah, yeah it's super cool it's happening yeah it's happening all right all right uh new segment alert uh i can never remember what games are coming out and so every week we're going to do a little recap in the release roundup this is Uh, more for you than anyone else yeah this is for me than anyone else because i i have no idea but there's a game on this list that i think that you would actually be very interested in i want to know if you've had your eyes on this talk to me um so first evil did the game that came out on may 13th that came out everywhere um yeah umarangi generations that came out on the xbox family of consoles today i have no idea what that game is um on thursday we've got vampire the masquerade swan song that's coming out everywhere mm-hmm. um on may 24th on pc we have hard space shipbreaker but the one that i think that you would be interested in andy mm-hmm. is this game called dolman have you heard of this so uh we played that at pax east oh did you yes uh also future guest of the dual screens podcast oh it's a developer based out of brazil mm-hmm. it is a souls-like title set in space that has um dead space qualities yeah to it meaning that you have a gun that when you point and shoot, it's legit like your Isaac Clark in Dead Space. Um, the demo needed a little bit of polish, but that was like we're going, you know, a month plus back from release date. Yeah. And I'm hoping it's all like good to go. But yeah, this may be the next Souls like game that really grabs my attention after, you know, putting Elden Ring to bed a few weeks back. So this game looks. It looked good. It's coming out everywhere except for the Nintendo Switch. I have it on my Steam mm-hmm. wish list. I'm I'm excited about it. Hell yeah. All right. We've got a very long dual screens report today. So we're going to jump into it. And we're actually going to jump into our dual screens report uh, and pair that with our question of the week. So first and foremost, the PS Plus um, premium collection of games has been teased. Now, Sony has come out and clarified this is not all of the games that are going to be there at release. This is just a select few. I don't know Mm -hmm. why they wouldn't just give the full list. Yeah, why are you going to cock tease me? I mean, this is a lot of games that they list. It is. I mean, I guess that's the point. Like, here's how much you're going to get. Oh, by the way, there's still a lot more happening Mm -hmm. Like when it launches. So, like, you know, stay tuned. But please be more excited than you are right now, essentially. Yeah. Some of the biggest games that are being featured in the PS4 and PS5 collections uh, is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Demon Souls, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, NBA 2K22, um, the Spider-Man games, 
uh red dead redemption 2 things like that uh on some of the older games we're looking at things like ape escape hot shots golf siphon filter tekken mm-hmm. 2 um so there, there's a decent amount here um that they that they showed off and the the titles are pretty notable but uh our friend mike kirsch made a astute observation this will get us mm. into our question of the week Hey guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts about the lineup of games for the new PS Plus. I think most people look at it as a solid starting point to build a service out of, and seems pretty comparable to the offering Game Pass had when it first launched a few years ago. Something that stood out to me was the surprising lack of EA titles. There seems to be a variety of participation from third-party publishers, including 2K, Warner Brothers, Square Enix, uh, and a great deal of heavy lifting being done by Ubisoft with the inclusion of Ubisoft Plus Classics. Frankly, I didn't expect leg- legacy titles from Activision or Bethesda to make an appearance on the service, but the lack of any EA games at all is a surprise to me. Do you think Microsoft and EA have worked out some kind of deal? Is PlayStation not enticing them to include their games? Do you think EA games will show up in the future? I'd love to hear your thoughts. So That is a really, really great question, Mikey Kirsch. Love it. Uh, do you want to go first or should I go first? Yeah, so I, I think there's there's likely a deal in the background between Mm. microsoft and ea i think that's what's going on Uh, because with game pass uh you get what's their ea access is that their their subscription thing um yeah so with with game pass premium which is the you know pc and xbox one uh, that comes with games with gold um you get EA access. And so I would bet with that deal, there was some kind of clause saying that they couldn't offer Mm. the games that they offer there on other services like that, you know, kind of like future proofing and protecting themselves for Sony's inevitable game pass competitor. Mm -hmm. That, that would be my guess, but I I don't know for sure. Yeah. Let's say that was the case. Or actually, let's say it wasn't the case. I think it still works out better for uh, for Sony because I feel having, you know, a lot of EA games on your service, I think is invites the comparison. And I think mm-hmm. securing the Ubisoft Plus as like the, the additional hook mm-hmm. into the service, I think works better because, you know, EA, I think, you know, they totally bomb with the last battlefield game completely. And I think things are looking more enticing on the Ubisoft side of things. Oh, I, I would, I would heavily disagree. Well, listen, I feel like EA is trending up and Ubisoft is definitely trending trending down. Yes. hundred percent. See, To me, EA is just Madden and um, fucking battlefield. That's all I see it as. But in my house, we're an Assassin's Creed family, so that my ears perk up when I see Assassin's Creed. It's like, oh shit! Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I won't buy one for the first time ever since like Assassin's Creed Black Flag came out. Um, but yeah, I think it's smart to like distance themselves a little bit from that, if that's the case. Um, you know, they found they found a worthy like competitor. Like, okay, if yeah, we, if I we, agree. If we can't do EA because of whatever contractual obligation or whatever mm-hmm. we'll go with one that's like at least on the same level in size and recognition and that's ubisoft and their library of games so yeah. i think it worked out for the best so i'm I'm looking back at the last 
a little bit of games that have been published by both of these companies. And mm-hmm. it's actually kind of a mixed bag for both of them. There you go. <laughs> uh, so Jedi Fallen Order uh, obviously was awesome. Um, right. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I think a lot of people really liked. Star Wars Squadrons, um, mm. I think a lot of people liked, but it didn't mm. like blow anyone's pants off. It Takes mm. Two, Knockout City, um, so those are, and then obviously the sports games uh, on the right. EA side are always like pretty decent. Um, on the downside, uh, Battlefield 2042. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> On the Ubisoft side, Rainbow Six Extraction, which was kind of like a, a fart in the wind, Roller Champions mm-hmm. was... I, oh, it was just like a tech test for that Roller Champions game, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Riders Republic was kind of a fart in the wind. It seems like people weren't like too crazy about mm-hmm. Far Cry 6. Assassin's Creed Valhalla was kind of mixed. Watch Dogs oh, yeah, Legion was like kind of yeah. mixed. People really liked uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. That was a good game. But like... I enjoyed that game tremendously but you know what listen taylor when like fucking dead space remake launches and it's on ea access is that would it launch day and date on that i'm not sure how they operate is it like if you you have the service do you get the games i I don't i don't think they launch day and date got Um, it and with with this ubisoft plus classics i don't think they're launching their new games day and date on there either it's just the back catalog of hits. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's recent stuff though. Like um, right. like with EA, they put Battlefield twenty forty two, which I guess is not like a great measure, mm-hmm. um, on there, like pretty soon after release. Um, right. It takes two. They put on there like a, a month or two after it released. So like, well, I do want to hear your overall thoughts of what games we've seen so far coming to this service. How, how, how do you feel looking th- at this list of games? I think Sony um, has kind of put themselves in a tough spot because mm-hmm. they have um, invested really heavily in the PS Plus monthly games um, mm-hmm. for a long time while Xbox hasn't. Like right. the, the games with gold games that have come out for the last three years have for the most part been garbage like we've said it mm-hmm. a million times on the show like you can just kind of shrug at it like right suck, listen you know garbage in the sense of this isn't worth paying an additional yeah. annual fee for when these games are good on their own but like why am i paying you money for mm-hmm. these games that aren't really like i don't feel the savings in my pocket yeah like, exactly yeah yeah the value exactly. isn't there yes but on the playstation side there have been like even though there have been some months that have missed, there have been some really good months on there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most famously the the month that had Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank, like that mm-hmm. was really good. Like they've had a lot of really good months, but looking through this list, it's like, oh, I got that with PS Plus. I got that with PS Plus. Yeah. So if, if you've been getting these games for a long time, it kind of feels like, man, whatever. I feel like coming from, you know, a diehard PlayStation loyalist, it's I've I've bought almost all these first party mm-hmm. games when they first came out. So I've been yep. supporting you and now it's here, here they are again. I'm like, great. Now they're just digital downloads. Yeah. You've saved me a trip from the couch to the console yeah. to do a disc swap. That's all you've done for me, which yeah. is great for a lot of these games like Returnal can't wait to have that in my hard drive at all times mm-hmm. so I can just boot it up and play it when i feel like it 
But again, I feel that, you know, it's nice seeing all these banger hits, but I own almost all of these games. Like, yeah. I really can't even, I really want to say, with the exception of everybody's golf and Dead Nation. Dead Nation I was own... free with PS Plus. Okay, so maybe it's just, it just in my library. Yeah. I've been downloading it in a while, but I think I own all of these games. Yeah. Which, I mean, we we can't expect, like, they can't Everyone. just, like, create right. games to, like, put on here, right? right. Like, if, right. if you've been a longtime Sony supporter, like, that's just the fact of the matter. You've bought Sony games, so you're going to have the mm-hmm. Sony games, like. Right. That's how it is. Um, I will say I love that they're adding all of uh, Mark's old games on there. Um, I know. So that hopefully really people can see how heart. good they are. It's like Alien the Nation is catalog. so good. Alien Nation is oh so God. good, you guys. Um, <laughs> and, and some of the third-party stuff. There's some really good third-party right. games on here. Ashen is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the Ubisoft stuff, like, even though I was not a fan of Valhalla, like Valhalla mm-hmm. is a big, like marquee game. Um, mm-hmm. They have games like Celeste control, which has been given away for free 800 times uh, dead cells, hollow mm-hmm. Knight, guardians of the galaxy. Like there's some really good third party right. games on here. But like I'm Red Dead redemption two, Like that's, that's a fantastic right. grab. Um, and like a really big game. Like I mm-hmm. would, I would say that red dead redemption two today is worth, 60 or 70 dollars and so mm-hmm. getting that just thrown into the collection like that's awesome right but resident evil like that game has been around for a while like that should have been they should have pushed for resident evil 8 to be on this thing or that would have like pushed. uh two remake or something yeah two, or two and three remake yeah both lived on this thing and yeah. that would have been great i i think where i have the most issue is in the classic games catalog right i have right. no desire to subscribe to this so like, here's the thing here's the thing for me taylor the thing i was most excited about with this whole repackaging mm-hmm. re light rebranding quasi rebranding of the service with these different tiers mm-hmm. like i know that i'm i have almost all the big games on both first and third party side with you know with a few exceptions but i was all about give me the classics what will they be what will they play like mm-hmm. and it looks very paltry like yeah. there's only one one psp game in the bunch mm-hmm. that you're mentioning i get it that's like a tease but you know yeah ape escape great dark cloud fantastic these things already exist on ps now yeah Siphon filter, I'm actually kind of excited about. Yeah, I love Siphon that, filter. That's, that's going to be good. Too, really good. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm like the one thing I was super jazzed about, and I'm like, I'm scrolling, scrolling, I'm like, why? It's like six, six games. Yeah. And the one PSP game is just Super Stardust Portable, mm-hmm. which was on PS3, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. They, All right. They did mention, and this kind of got buried in in that press release. Um, they did mention that um, PSP and PlayStation Classic games, so original PlayStation games, mm-hmm. um, you can just buy them also. So they're actually going oh, to be selling wow. those like 
these games on the marketplace so you don't have to subscribe to this like that's really if good. you don't want to subscribe and you just want to buy like one of the classic psp games okay. or one of the original playstation games you can do that um and so like that is one thing as far as like game preservation and mm. and stuff goes that um, i think is is really good um that they're doing so um but yeah overall and this kind of feels like the sentiment uh, across the board like Mm -hmm. the ps4 ps5 collection is awesome especially if you are like just buying a playstation for the first time um Mm -hmm. classic games collection is like kind of meh right and i think they know the catch is they're gonna draw people in with the big current or last generation games because i think most people most younger gamers want to you know get the most value mm-hmm. so when you're offering like guardians or mk11 it's like great that's like i can save that money there yep. try it out play it here you're not gonna sell someone on you know a, a teenager on siphon filter or yeah you know, exactly the lad you know yeah uh that's there's, there's no 13s out there uh 13 right. year olds like clamoring to play dark cloud too uh yeah or <laughs> as like, you much know. as steven would like them to be they're not yeah um right. now on the other side of the aisle mm-hmm. xbox had some news this week oh my god did they ever <laughs> not not good news so bethesda has officially delayed starfield and redfall which i didn't even know redfall was supposed to come out this year me either that I was like, seems very optimistic because uh, I, ne- I never checked their roadmap i'm yeah. like they, they release so much information at, uh, when, when they when they do their things and i'm like all right, I'll just play it when it comes out. I don't need to know your life story. Just when it's out, I'll play it. Yep. Great. So both so- of those games have been pushed from 2022 to the first half of 2023. Mm-hmm. I am more so concerned, not necessarily that they pushed Starfield, but that mm-hmm. they pushed it from a firm release date of 11-11 to first half of 2023. It's alarming. Yeah. It says a lot because I can understand having a nebulous window like, god of war mm-hmm. ragnarok when we first saw it was 2022 which as we all know christopher judge's uh surgery is what pushed that game's release schedule back it was you could either pick a new kratos actor or you can wait for me to heal and we can do this and santa monica was like we can't we're not recasting you are yeah. kratos so you get well and we'll get you back in here when the time comes but again the initial impression was sometime 2022. Yeah. Awesome. Great. In the case of Starfield, it seems very bizarre to go from a very set date. And now it's like, well, you know, we've lost confidence. Things have changed over the last year. And now it's sometime in the next six months of next year. So you're talking at minimum, I'm saying at most, at least a year off from release from i guess today yeah or let's say june of this year yeah so i don't know what's going on there it's it's strange a game that we saw very little of at all 
um which is know. not bizarre for bethesda like it isn't it isn't but like listen, when no. they when they announced uh fallout 4 they announced it at e3 that year and it released november of that year yeah but we got a full trailer showing off gameplay yeah they but the that, game. they they showed the game six months before it came out is what i'm yeah, saying but they, yeah but like, they showed they showed it like i know it's but functioning what it's what up I'm, and running what i'm saying though andy is i wasn't concerned that we hadn't seen starfield yet mm. because of that time frame of like five months from when right. they showed off the gameplay of you're Fallout thinking, 4 to when it released. Like We're thinking they've done this before Bethesda. They yeah. know what they're doing and they know exactly. when to like, if they commit to a date. And I think I heard several articles that were like, Todd Howard saying, yeah, this is the date. Like, yeah. this is the date. It's happening. Oh, yeah. Did you uh, did you see that tweet from Jason Schreier uh, when this all got announced? No. He said please, he, was, he was talking to uh, some Bethesda employees at GDC uh-huh. um and they said that the game was rough like in oh, in boy. a really bad spot uh, so, and uh, people internally at Bethesda were telling Jason Schreier that like if they have to hit this 1111 release date it's going to be the next Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> I mean if you have your own employees <laughs> saying that it's going to be as bad as one of the biggest fuck ups in like modern memory like that's bad yeah uh yeah that's telling um you know so. uh, listen i like the fact that microsoft has a very hands-off approach when it comes to all these recent big acquisitions mm-hmm. as of late but when you take into effect starfield which is an in-house to some extent, it's theirs. They own that property. They own Bethesda. It's 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 their their baby. And then Perfect Dark, what's happening over there? I feel that there needs to be greater oversight, quality control, and not just playing the headline game. Like yeah. you can say you're making the first quadruple A game ever, which sounds fun on paper, and it's a great YouTube thumbnail. It'll get you clicks, and it might push some consoles and some pre-orders, but now it's like the game is in turmoil. Yeah, and, and then I, Starfield, it's like the same scenario. I I think the the more concerning thing here for Xbox as a whole is now they have mm-hmm. nothing this year. Yeah, like, it's you know it, it it's really funny how we've gone from the Microsoft the Xbox fan base saying. Now we have more games than the PlayStation fan base does because they've gobbled up all these studios and all these IP. But Sony, who's just kept on, you know, there's their usual business Mm -hmm. releases. They released three games for the year, you know, with Horizon, GT, MLB, and soon God of War. And Microsoft's like, well, you're getting Deathloop. Yeah. I I will say of like of all the people in gaming to like oversee a conglomerate as big as this and like these many projects like i think phil Mm -hmm. spencer is the right guy like i i think in a couple of years we'll look back and be like yeah that was a a rough start to the generation and like Mm -hmm. obviously like xbox one x they were still like bouncing back uh but you know they really turned it around kind of a thing yeah listen it's 
it, it mustn't be easy to like do a complete 180 mm-hmm. on your on your business like in such a short period especially of time. especially a business like microsoft that's right, like right. steering a cruise ship right, right. and it's funny I, I kept seeing these things all week long about um could you run a multi-billion dollar i was like can we not play that dumb game like yeah. of course i can't do it but listen it's it's not about that it's about the messaging it's i'm sure mm-hmm. at some point bethesda told phil spencer we are super confident about this day someone set that day it wasn't phil spencer yeah, yeah. no for totally it to rough, yeah and for it to be still rough now it's like then why'd you have that date a year ago yeah i and i i think like Obviously, development time has been increasing across the board, right? Yeah, like, we're seeing it with Rockstar. Yeah. We're seeing it with all yeah. these big studios. Instead of getting a game pushed out in three years, it seems like it's taking closer to five. Right. Um, and so it, this could just be like some of the old heads at Bethesda saying, yeah, like we, you know, it took us three years between Skyrim and Fallout 4. Like, we'll be fine, you know, and not realizing like, with all of these like high quality assets and things like that, everything just takes longer, especially as these titles get more and more ambitious. Um, but I, I hope that game's good, man. Like I, I'm cheering for them, yeah. but I'm nervous. Listen, Taylor, I'm always going to cheer for these games. You know, I have, I have all the time in the world. I'll play, I'll fucking play shotgun King until Starfield comes out. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not waiting like this. Oh, this ruined my year because Starfucker. I'm not that kind of guy, but it's all about follow through and yeah. like the evaluation of. Listen, guys, we're doing a huge press event for the around E3 season with a lot of eyeballs on us. Like, do you have a date you can commit to? Yeah, we got this date. Yeah, love that headline. Book it. Done pre-order sold console sales so it's like mm-hmm. and then it's like eh, well sorry not happening anymore we'll see you yeah. next year it's like it's a little deflating yeah a little deflating. kind of a shit show yeah speaking of shit shows tell me what's going on with the silent hill stuff oh my god just put a put a knife to my eyeball. i feel like we've been <laughs> having this conversation every this conversation is my silent years hill like <laughs> this topic is my silent hill so <laughs> last friday mm-hmm. apparently a bunch of screenshots from what is either a current in progress silent hill or a canceled silent hill were dumped online mm-hmm. um and everyone just pulled their hair out because it looked like the most generic cover bandy Silent Hill looking shit I've ever seen. Yeah. So bloober all over is what I want to say. But there was two distinct visions. One looked like shitty bloober had their fingerprints all over it. And the other looked very Resident Evil 70 PT mm-hmm. kind of vibe going on. And then, of course, what happens when there's a little, when a rumor s- sparks. Everyone then chimes with a bunch of new shit. And this has gone from a bunch of leaks of screenshots to what is now this. Apparently, Silent Hill 2 is being remade by Bloober Team. A smaller Silent Hill title is being made by Annapurna Interactive, which is a short episodic uh, series. And there is a new mainline Silent Hill game. 
and to put a nice little cherry on the shit parfait, Sony is uh, apparently still involved in either the Bloober remake, because they did assign some sort of like publishing mm-hmm. partnership, which could be part of the whole uh, PS Plus repackaging, like we want to yeah. get your games on this. That That's what that could be, but it could be this also. Or they could be part of the new Silent Hill game, which was rumored to be by some Japanese developer, maybe Kojima, like two years ago. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore, Taylor. I'm just done. I want it's give it to me. This is I, like some monkey, this is monkey paw level shit. You do not remake Silent Hill 2. I'm sorry. Game is perfect. But leave it alone. Yeah. The craziest thing about all of this though is that Konami issued DMCA takedowns they on, did. on all of that leaked stuff, all which basically like confirms you that confirmed it that it's real. That that's yeah. what it is. So um you, the yeah, paw. absolutely wild. I'm yeah. sorry that we have to do this every three months, but uh, you know yeah. we'll we'll check in end of summer and can only take you know, so much. Get, get Listen, the latest Silent Hills rumors from you. Yeah, I don't mind Bluebird doing an original story. But like Silent Hill 2 is just it's sacrosanct, you know. It's like you don't touch that game. Is there anything, I- any way in your mind that they'd be able to do right by it? I really don't know because Silent Hill 2 exists in a very particular bubble. Is because you could come at it and say, well, the voice acting seems off. We mm-hmm. gotta change that, and we can change the music and we can add some endings, which, which I think the rumor said they want to add endings. Yeah. I'm like, the fuck? And you don't do that because this game has a very specific design philosophy behind it, and mm-hmm. you can't change that. I would say remake part one. Remake part four. Part four could use a remake. Don't I love that two. game, but do not touch part two. That is just, it's the Bible. It is the Holy Grail. It is warts and all perfection. Like the warts are what make it beautiful. And to try to change that, you're going to invite the comparison for the most beloved game in the franchise. Why would you want that burden anyway? Yeah. So, well, it's the, it's the ego, I guess. I don't fucking know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, another studio may actually be taking on a burden of taking over a beloved franchise. Uh, Take Two recently had an earnings call. Um, where they talked to their investors about wanting to make more sports games. Um, and they actually mentioned by name that the FIFA license was now up for grabs. Um, I don't know if you saw the tweets from the like the head of the FIFA organization that was like throwing a ton of shade at EA, basically saying like, it doesn't matter where we have our games made. The FIFA brand is going to be the best soccer games out there every year. And he said FIFA wow. 2023, FIFA 2024. He thinks that they're going to be able to get a developer on it and turn around a game to release this year somehow. Fuck, talk about ego. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> it was it was insane. It was like Donald Trump middle of the night, like capitalized random words in the middle of a sentence, kind oh, of like no, we're doing this crazy now? tweets. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
like take two has a lot of uh a lot of clout in the sports gaming space they make probably the most successful uh sports game every year um with the exception of fifa in nba 2k um the the nba 2k series does incredibly well uh they also do um 2k golf um pga tour 2k uh, a couple of others but they they've been doing really well they have their whole like own 2k sports division um so i i think that this would be a good fit but the numbers that fifa was reportedly demanding for the license like in the 500 millions or even a billion i think i i can't what? remember exactly what it was it was a lot of and it's like a, a 10-year licensure or something so like oh you know they'll, they'll make it up but like it, it was a insane amount of money who I is just, gonna point yeah. that up like i i just don't know why you would do that when you could go out and make deals with the premier league and make deals with the euro right. league like yeah literally the only the only thing you need FIFA for is for like the world cup. And so as long as you don't include that, but you include all of the other like organizations and stuff, like that's what people are looking for. They want to see their favorite stars. They don't care about playing Germany versus Brazil, you know, (laughs) but yeah, it's fascinating how, how much times have changed, you know, talking about this and MLB going multi-platform. It's a whole mm-hmm. different landscape in the sports. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of either of those games or sports in general, but it's just from a, from a business perspective. I find all these conversations very interesting and to see FIFA being like, of course they're going to pay top dollars. FIFA, we're like the best with the, with the hottest shit ever. Yeah. Um, one quote that I did find very interesting from uh, Strauss Zelnick, who's the CEO of uh, 2K, oh, or Take-Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, we're excited about building out our sports business, and we don't have much else to say at the moment when asked if they were going to pursue the FIFA license specifically. Um, so I I think they're eyeing it. I don't know if that investment is going to be worth it to them, though. Yeah. All right. But uh EA, EA did have some exciting news today. We got a uh, a shadow drop or um maybe this was yesterday. A shadow drop of Apex Legends Mobile. Um so they announced this a while ago and then didn't say anything about it. Uh, just kind of like went under the radar and then it just like released out of nowhere. Um so it's available now. You can go check it out. I haven't looked at it. I have no idea if it is just apex legends but you play on your phone if it's like fortnite mobile or you know if it's like the fucking switch version of apex legends oh my god maybe, um, I'll, maybe, but, I'll, maybe i'll give it a shot i'm gonna expose myself for the first time to apex yeah, with the mobile with the version, mobile version the play it while you're riding the train to work or yeah, something my uh my razor key she could use some love lately so maybe yeah. I'll, I'll fire that up later and see what it's like who knows i i think this you know is is more so to try and um get more into like the uh, eastern asian marketplaces and stuff just because mobile gaming is is so pervasive there like call of duty mobile um PUBG mobile like all of those like mobile shooters do really really well over there and so um i think this is more so trying to target like the korean japanese chinese markets and yeah they want their those kids phone with their parents credit cards attached to it exactly exactly (laughs) 
And then last little piece of news here, Andy. Um, mm. I thought this was really exciting. The Dying Light 2 team, uh, Techland, uh, just announced that they're going to be making a new IP. It's an open world fantasy RPG. That's the only details that we have about it. Sounds like it's in early development. Um, and they are going to continue to support Dying Light 2 for a really long time. I think they have, or they have stated that they're going to support it for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, which they, like, that makes total sense. Like, they supported Dying Light. Um, mm-hmm. I think it just recently got another update. The original Dying Light did. So, like, they support their games for a really long time. Um but their next game is going to be an open world fantasy RPG. How are you feeling about this? Yeah, two words. Fuck yes. Yeah, I'm... I love love when they when a developer sort of comes out of their comfort zone, and they're a, they're a pedigree developer too. Mm-hmm. Like I forget the name. Is it Playground that does who does Forza? That's not going to be doing yeah, the Fable games. Mm-hmm. They're doing Fable, right? Yep. So knowing what they can produce graphically. And from a gameplay perspective, that they are now going to put their mind and start making a Fable game, that excites me. Yeah. So seeing these guys who have made the most kick-ass parkour zombie killing game ever mm-hmm. are now doing an open-world fantasy game, hell yeah, bring it on. Yeah. I am very excited about this. Yeah, I'm all in. I I think Techland is like such an underrated development team. They are. They are. are. They are incredibly talented. Um, their gameplay is always really really fun. Um, in in the games that they've put out, so I'm I'm all in on this. Take your time. I don't care if it takes five six years to get this game out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna definitely check it out day one. All right, bring us home That's with it. a hype zone, Andy. I'm just gonna read you. Okay. I actually don't know what this is. He he said he wanted to surprise me. So because I was like legit thinking, could the Silent Hill news be hype? But then I saw something else mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was reminded of uh, on the Facebook Messenger uh, earlier today. Okay. <clears throat> Today's Dead by Daylight sixth anniversary live stream. This is from GameInformer.com, by the way. Mm-hmm. Brought a lot of exciting announcements. But none were stranger or more surprising than the reveal of Hooked on You. This wild spinoff surgically removes Dead by Daylight's terrifying killers and plops them into a romantic bubblegum world of dating sims. (laughs) No way. Taylor, there is going to be a Dead by Daylight dating sim. No chance. What? This is not April Fool's. This is legit. We we have to get them back on the uh, dual screens podcast now. Oh, they they are going to come on 100%. and talk exclusively about this game. Yes. Like. So let me. <laughs> do you remember the last time I had them on the show? Uh-huh. I asked them specifically, "Why is your fan base so fucking horny?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're all like, "We can't answer that because we, we really don't. We don't know." <laughs> yeah. And then this is like the the product of of that you know yeah pent up sexual uh fucking energy. So yeah. I'm going to read some more about this. Okay. Launching later this year. This later this novel, year? Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> this visual novel, this is like fucking, we have to do some sort of stream where either one person plays and we all just watch mm-hmm. the other one play. Um, this visual novel tasks would-be lovers to flirt their way into the hearts of four killers, the Wraith, the Spirit, the Huntress, and the Trapper. Through choice-driven conversations, you'll forge friendships or steamy relationships 
with these monsters to learn their personal histories and uncover the broader stories of what got them in got them here in the first place. And like the legit, like you wanted it, you got it. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is, guys. You horny motherfuckers. All your fantasies come true. They can, you can fuck them now. Oh my that god. Like the, that was like the last piece of the puzzle. That's amazing. And I'll I will end this on a quote from a, a really good friend of the show, Matthew Coe, who is the head of partnerships at for behavior and the televangelist, the marketing televangelist for Dead by Daylight. Our goal with the with our first visual novel is to provide fans. You talk about going out of the box and comfort zones. Yep. This is like a whole other thing for the, for the, for this team. Our goal is to provide fans with a complete unique experience and new ways to play the world of Dead by Daylight. Holy fuck. This is Okay, one last thing. This game comes from Psyop, the team behind the equally silly KFC dating sim, I love you, Colonel Sanders. No way. Finger licking good dating simulator. That's hilarious. That's so good. And this comes to Steam sometime this summer. Good Holy for you, horny ass Dead God. by Daylight fans. You did it, guys. This you is did it. it. Like, don't have don't have kids. Don't don't like don't reach for the stars. You peaked. This is this is your legacy. <laughs> You've done you, it. You you gonna leave this to all of us? You're heroes. You're you are all all of you are my heroes. <laughs> for doing this all right we're gonna bring this home thank you guys so much for joining us on episode 111 of the dual screens crossplay podcast if you would like to be a part of the show you can write into us at feedback at ndspodcast.com you can tweet at us at dual underscore screens or at pants guy or at it's perjure for myself uh, you can join our facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash ds podcasts uh, or you can join the Discord by supporting us on Patreon for just $1 a month. It's patreon.com slash ndspodcasts. Thank you all so much for joining us. Until next time, stay silly. Stay silly.